You're listening to 30 Minute Expert. I'm Katie. And I'm Zach. Every episode, I challenge Zach to become an expert on a totally random topic. And if that's not hard enough, I only have 30 minutes to do it. We want to prove that no matter who you are, or how much education you have, with a little help from the internet, anyone can become an expert on any topic in the world. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to learn. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. I am ready to make you learn. Well... Do you have a topic? Yeah, I do. Okay, so this is very exciting. Once again, we got a suggestion from a listener uh, who happens to be our good friend Jules. Mm. And she mentioned this topic as something that is everyone knows about. We have an idea of it. But like she said, she's never really gone in depth on it and and doesn't fully understand what it's about. That's the perfect subject for our show right Mm -hmm. i agree i agree uh so the subject is watergate okay great yeah i have no idea what that is (laughs) right but don't you hear it thrown around all the time yeah probably literally every other day you don't have no idea what it is i truly like i have no clue who does it involve nixon yes Okay, so you know something about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 you're right. I was going to stop clear, this I know recording that it, <laughs> and say, we need to go read a book. <laughs> I know that it is a, a U.S. history thing. I mean, as far yeah. back as the 60s of some political mm. thing with Richard Nixon, but like, I yeah. don't know what it is, and I don't get any reference to it. Oh, and there's I'm so already many. annoyed at this. This is going to be <laughs> this is going to be tough, I can already tell. No, it'll be good because it's a story. It's, okay, and it's cool. a limited event, you know. Great. It's a, a short period of time that some things happened, and we refer to it as Watergate, and it had some pretty massive implications. Yeah, I shouldn't say I'm annoyed at it. I that's good to know that it's a limited event, like you mm-hmm. said, and I'll be able to I'll be able to learn about it yeah. once and for all. I thought you were going to say and my ignorance on Watergate. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you're annoyed at it because. This is the kind of thing that I know really annoys you. Just how everyone calls everything blank gate now. Yeah, that's, just, that's very annoying. <laughs> so you're already upset about that. Yeah, well, that too. Mm-hmm. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Jeez Louise. I'm sorry. But yeah, but at least now you'll have a little more context for your anger. Mm-hmm. Which is always great. It's always great to contextualize our anger. It's good for us. That's true. Yeah, cool. So this will be fascinating, right? Yeah, this I can't be really believe cool. how little you know about it. Really, you don't remember learning about it in school at any point. No, I remember that we did learn about it, but I don't remember anything about it. Okay, well, all right. One. I'm point sure as I read, school. I'm gonna be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I guess I knew that, but definitely nothing that I can recall off the top of my head. Cool, fresh blank slate. There's a lot of stuff like that from that sort of yeah. era, like post World War II, like before I was born, where it's like. I don't know, Bay of Pigs and Watergate. Well, because you know what happens is in social studies class, you start wherever the heck you start at the beginning of America. And then by the time you get to post-World War II, you're really getting to the end of the year. The teacher has run out of time. That's true. And so you very quickly just try and run through the rest of history and none of us ever really learn it. That and they're feeding you this information at in my experience anyway, the least interested age of my life. Yeah. You know, you're like eighth grade or ninth grade. Like, I don't care about this stuff at all. I'm going to live forever. Right. Why yeah. are you learning about the you're best? Like, I have to go skateboard. That's what matters. <laughs> yeah. We get it, eighth and ninth graders. But listen to this podcast and now you can, it's, it's a fun, cool way to learn. Yeah. Right? Learn something, you dingbats. Yeah. <laughs> learn something. Hey, you can listen while you skateboard. How great is that? <gasps> 
perfect. Can you imagine if you had this? And AirPods, you'd be set. Oh, my God. And that's what they have. All right, kids, put on your AirPods, get on your board, and ollie away. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Scandal. Scandal. Oh, so many scandals. (laughs) Wait, are you talking about the TV show Scandal? Oh, no, I'm not talking about no TV show, Catherine. I'm talking about the Watergate scandal. Oh, was it was it intrigue? You could say that. Oh, well, what did you think? I'm, I'm uh, happy to know that it was something that I could wrap my head around. I thought it was going to be this very annoying, yeah, stupid thing. Yeah, what were you expecting? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Were you expecting, like, some kind of high-level scientific thing or like no i just thought it would be something really boring and lame and after learning about it i'd be like oh great watergate whoop-de-doo mm. no it's but it was pretty cool yeah just a bunch of people doing bad stuff sneaking around and bumbling a little bit who's bumbling well they got caught you're not supposed to get caught oh that's true in my well, opinion, in that sense, they didn't bumble caught, a little bit. They've, you've been bumbling. They did the ultimate bumbling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Are you ready? I am. If you're like me, you knew nothing, or even right now in this moment, you know nothing about Watergate. Mm-hmm. But I promise we'll give you the uh, the dummies approach Yeah, let's to just Watergate. do that. Let's make everyone who, who is like you and hears it all the time and hears all the other gates that people throw around give them a, a basis so when they hear it they go uh-huh that thing Got that's it. really what we're striving for <laughs> in this podcast we can do it mm-hmm. okay so the watergate scandal was a political scandal that led to the resignation of president richard milhouse nixon mm. big deal big deal great middle name uh mm-hmm. yeah so he had lost the election in 1960 to JFK. Mm-hmm. He barely won in 1968, and Oof. now he was coming up for re-election in 1972, and he wanted to make sure he won. Yeah. So what happened was five men broke into the Democratic National Committee headquarters at the Watergate Hotel in Washington, D.C., and that's mm-hmm. where this whole thing gets its name, because the hotel they broke into, they didn't break into the hotel, the rooms they broke right. into were in the Watergate Hotel, mm-hmm. which I think is still there. I don't know, but probably. I believe it's still there. It may not be called Watergate anymore. I should have looked that up, but it's... It was bad I'm just going to stick my neck out there and say it's still there. Great. How often do hotels disappear? Think uh, of a hotel that's gone away. They're always there. Especially one with such high-profile history. Yeah, it's not like anyone got exploded in there or anything. No. Yeah. Yeah, just some bumbling, that's all. Wow, I can't believe it's still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so five guys break into the DNC headquarters at the Watergate Hotel. They get arrested because they get caught mm. in the act. Mm-hmm. Um, and the five that are arrested, two of them were connected to Nixon. Actually, five of them are arrested, and then there are two other that were arrested who weren't the ones actually doing the breaking in. They were kind of like the mm. watchmen, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Aiding two, and abetting, if you will. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Two of these people ended up being uh, connected to Nixon's re-election committee. Oof. Bad luck. That's yeah, a bad luck. Yeah, real bad luck. One of them was a guy named James McCord. Another was a guy named E. Howard Hunt. 
both of which were former CIA agents. Ugh, they should have known better. I know. So they get caught, and they immediately are denying that the White House had anything to do with it. The White House is denying that they had anything to do with it, mm-hmm. but that turns out to be not so true. Not so true. So that was all in uh, June of 1972. Okay. Wow. In Oct- yeah. In October, crazy <laughs> October 1972, mm-hmm. an article comes out in the Washington Post that alleges that, in fact, Nixon and the White House were involved in this break-in. So this this happens in June. It's not totally forgotten about, but it's, you know, kind of yeah. brushed aside. There's not that much attention on mm-hmm. it once these guys are arrested. It's like, okay, that happened. Yeah. But then in October, this bombshell article comes out mm-hmm. claiming that, no, he knew about it. Mm-hmm. And that's um, right before I started researching. I was like, wait, isn't Deep Throat something about <laughs> Watergate? And yeah. uh, Deep Throat is the... The, uh, I don't know, secret name. Yeah, Yeah. alias given to the informant who tipped off the reporters who wrote this story in the Washington Mm -hmm. Post. Do you remember the reporters' names? I can Um, tell you. I might have one of them written. Oh, tell us. Woodward and Bernstein. Oh, there you go. That's Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah. They're very important, cool dudes. And they have a great R&B album that came out in 1980 (laughs) that you should check out. Oh, boy. Just kidding. After that article comes out, Nixon's like, oh boy, this election can't happen fast enough. So, <laughs> wait, so this is oh, this is October, the month before the election. <laughs> the election's in early November. Uh huh. But wow. this time he won, and he won by a lot. He oh, won, right, right, right. Of course, he doesn't lose the election. Against a guy named, uh, he had a funny name. Oh, um, oh, George McGovern. Not that right. funny. Then Nixon's like, whoop de doo, I won. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows. Mm-hmm. The burglars are sentenced in January 1973, so just a couple of months after the election. And just to be clear, they when they broke in, they were just trying to get, what, dirt on them or find out their strategy. Basically, Nixon's a Republican. They break into the DNC's headquarters, and they're just trying to find, find stuff to help him win, right? Good clarification, yes. They're trying to dig up dirt on the DNC chairman named Larry O'Brien. They mm. want to maybe bug his phone. They do bug another guy's phone. I, it seems like they were gonna bug O'Brien's phone, but didn't quite get to it. But they were, you know, they had gotten <laughs> they had gotten there, but didn't complete the job. Yeah. Um. They were, you know, kind of looking through files, looking for dirt on anything. One of the people. Um. This is all after the fact. Somebody speculated that they were trying to. Oh, actually, four out of the four out of five of the burglars, after the fact, claimed that they were sent there to try to find. Uh, the proof that there was Cuban money funding the Democratic, um, Democratic, uh, I don't know, what, what do you call it? The campaign. Okay. Uh, trying to find the Democratic campaign, but then I guess later on it came out that they were really there to bug Larry O'Brien's phone, and then, you know, once you bug his phone, you're going to find out everything you want to yeah. find out. So they get busted, and they are sentenced in January. And two of those, two of the guys, like I said, James McCord and E. Howard Hunt, they were both CIA guys. And Hunt was like, "Okay, I'm not about to go down for all this. If I'm going down, I'm getting paid." So he effectively was blackmailing Richard Nixon wow. in the White House to, to be like, "Pay me a million bucks, mm-hmm. or I'm going to sing like a canary." Well, not good for him. He's a criminal, but I guess good for us for Hunt. I agree. Mm-hmm. So after they get sentenced, um, a couple of months later, James McCord 
writes a letter to the judge admitting, I don't know if admitting is the right word, writes a letter to the judge kind of coming clean and being like, uh, we kind of took the fall, but just so you know, the White House knew. Like, wow. we were we were sent in there. That's pretty B.A. Yeah, me. he's like, Nixon's office knew, um, people in the White House knew, and this gets a ton of media attention when he writes that letter, mm. as you can imagine. Yeah. That's spring-ish of 1973, so right after that, in April of 73, Nixon... He requests the resignation of two of his close aides, and he fires the White House counsel, a guy named John Dean. He was expecting that – Dean was expecting that they would blame it all on him once oh. he got fired. Uh-huh. So he immediately just started cooperating with investigators. Good and he's for like, Dean. I'll tell you whatever, you mm-hmm. know. So the next month in May, the Senate begins hearings because they're – they're taking this really seriously now. After the Washington Post article just before the election that people were like, oh, that's weird, but <laughs> yeah. I guess they, I guess you know, we'll just keep mostly going. <laughs> ignored. Yeah. But then once McCord wrote that letter to the judge, they mm-hmm. were like, okay, we got to buckle down on this. Yeah. You know, and then especially he starts firing people like that looks kind of suspicious too. Of course, he's firing them to be like, oh, I'm wiping my hands clean of these people who right. may have had anything involved, but it also just puts the spotlight on you a bit. Is that the... Um uh, I forget if it's Saturday or Sunday, but like no, this... not yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's coming. Wow, more. <laughs> wow, you really do know this subject. Yeah, I took AP US history. Shout out, Mr. Sherman. I was going to call him Professor Sherman, but I think they was still Mister in high school. Maybe, Maybe he's a now, professor though. by now. Yeah. yeah, you never know. I hope. I hope so too. <laughs> These hearings begin, and there's a guy named Archibald Cox who is mm-hmm. appointed as an independent prosecutor to oversee these hearings and determine an outcome Mm -hmm. so dean john dean gets up there he's the fired white house counsel who decides to cooperate right he gets up there and he testifies that he had in fact discussed this with richard nixon he discussed the break-in he discussed the cover-up he discussed um the guy's demand for cash to keep his mouth shut Mm -hmm. and he even claimed that he warned nixon hey this is getting out of hand like you better you better get this under control or mm-hmm. this house of cards is going to blow up. Yeah. yeah it's going to crumble. Yeah. The house of cards is going to first blow up and then crumble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you look up Dean, he looks like uh, Gregory Peck. What's it, What's Gregory Peck's character's name in To Kill a Mockingbird? Atticus Finch. Oh, yeah. He looks like a young Atticus Finch. Oh. Look him up. Wow. What a looker. This is all really crazy stuff that's happening, as you can imagine. Yeah. Then in July, there is a White House aide named Alexander Butterfield, and he's testifying. Butterfield. <laughs> he's testifying, <laughs> and he tells them that there. He's like, you guys might want to know this. There's a tape recorder <laughs> in the Oval Office that Nixon had installed, like three years ago yeah in 1971 you guys might want to know this this is a big deal yeah i guess maybe he was really like pressed to give them something because it's like i don't know if you're just a innocent bystander and in all this i would think you would 
bring that information forward a little sooner. Maybe he was just really loyal to Nixon. Yeah, who knows why people do the things they do. But anyway, all of this stuff was, he's like, everything's recorded. There's a tape recorder in there going at all times. Which is, quite frankly, a dream come true in a situation like this. Absolutely. So Archibald Cox and the Senate, they subpoena the White House to, I don't know, they subpoenaed Nixon or the White House, Mm -hmm. whoever you would subpoena in this case. I think they subpoenaed Nixon. To get the tapes to find the truth. And subpoena means a, a court order to to do whatever that court order is right. telling you to do. In this case, hand over those tapes. Right. Mm-hmm. So this like, is the subject of a um, of a Supreme Court case. Yeah, it is. It turns into one mm-hmm. if it's not already. Um, I really am not clear on the timeline whether or not this is it, but this does become well, the Nixon Court versus case, the United States. Yes, which is about whether he had to comply with the subpoena, whether a president has to comply with the subpoena, and not to uh, maybe you're going to get to it are you going to get to it yeah but yeah you're and you're right we are not quite there yet so they they're like we need those tapes we're going to get to the bottom of this that'll solve everything Mm -hmm. what do you have to hide nixon give us the tapes and nixon's like not so fast i'm not going to give you the tapes (laughs) (laughs) wow good impression i know right i know do the rest of the thing in that perfect was that nixon on this podcast (laughs) Yeah. So that was all happening over the summer. Then, I guess they're still going with the investigation, but there's a bit of a gap here until October. Mm-hmm. And in October, Nixon's getting fed up with all this, and he's like, you know what? I want you to fire that Cox guy. So he goes to his attorney general, Richardson, mm-hmm. and he's like, fire Archibald Cox, the independent prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Get him out of there. Let's just get someone new in there who has to start from scratch yeah. and maybe, you know, maybe they'll be a little kinder to me. This is a good look as well. Fire your exactly, prosecutor. Yeah. So Richardson is like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's, good for Richardson. Yeah, I can't. I cannot do that. What he resigns. Man with a spine. Look yeah. at that. So then the deputy attorney general, here's a funny name for you, uh-huh. Ruckles House. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. Ruckles House? I don't know his first name. Um, he doesn't he, need one with that <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's like McLovin. Yeah, it is. It's exactly like that. So Nixon tells Ruckel's house, okay, buddy, you get the job. You fire Cox. And again, Ruckel's house is like, no way. I'm not doing it. So he resigns. Wow. He's and then, men of principle. I love it. I know. It is nice to see in this mm-hmm. whole story. And then Nixon orders the Solicitor General, Robert Bork, to fire Cox. And Bork's like, sure, I'll do it. Fires him. Bork. <laughs> Uh, but all of that ordering to fire Cox, resignation, ordering to fire Cox, resignation. Is mm-hmm. it resignation or resignation? No, resignation. You're Sorry. on it. <laughs> um, and then, you know, telling Bork to fire and Bork fires him. That all was the Saturday Night Massacre. Mm, all right. I don't even know if it happened on Saturday night, but that's what it's called. I'm mm. unclear if it was a Saturday. Was this all on the same night? That seems like a lot of work. It would be. Also, like, don't people take the weekend off? Maybe not. Also, weren't you watching SNL? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. SNL didn't come on yet until the next year. Two years like... later, actually. Oh, really? 75. Oh, funny. No one... Wow. This would have been See, such great fodder for SNL them. SNL been on air, this probably would have never happened. Mm. Or it would have all happened a lot quicker because Nixon would have been really upset with Alec Baldwin's impression of him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Of course, when he fires all of these people or, you know, Has them all of this yeah, yeah, yeah. turmoil resign. going on in the mm-hmm. White House, the public is like, what is going on? So this becomes a huge media story if it wasn't already. Mm-hmm. And that 
Saturday Saturday Night Massacre was a really big mistake for Nixon because after that, any support that he had kind of was like, whoa, dude, like what is going yeah. on? This is like clearly there's something happening here. Anyone if, who is holding out that, well, maybe he's telling the truth, maybe he really wasn't involved. Once you do something like that, it's it's incriminating. It, it, you just look so guilty that people say, okay, we're over it, dude. Sorry. And it doesn't help that in that same month, the vice president, Spiro Agnew, another funny name, <laughs> he was forced to resign because he was found guilty. Uh, I don't know if he was found guilty, but he was at least like about to be yeah. convicted of uh, tax evasion and fraud <laughs> from from when he that. was the governor of Maryland prior to being the vice president. These guys are a bunch of crooks. Yeah, so that happens in the same month as the Saturday Night Massacre. So Gerald Ford then becomes the vice president. Oh, okay. And then... After he gets that guy Bork to fire Cox, Mm -hmm. Nixon then hires a new special prosecutor named uh, Jaworski. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jaworski. (laughs) But Jaworski just picks up right where Cox left off and he's hammering Nixon. And he's like, we need Uh. those tapes. Like, Nixon's, yeah, this did not work out. Why did I bother? (laughs) Exactly. That's like... (laughs) So the Saturday Night Massacre was bad enough, but then especially in hindsight where it when got him pointless. nowhere. Yeah. Good yeah. for Jaworski. Yeah, Jaworski kept on him. So at this point, Nixon's sweating. He's like, dang He's it. He's always sweating. Never sweating. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all right, I got to do something to get him off my freaking back. Mm-hmm. So he released, and this is so stupid, uh, transcripts that are clearly edited transcripts yeah. of these tapes. He releases those in April of 1974. What a weird move, right? It's like, what a weird move. Fella, that's not enough. This is not that's helping. That's not going to make this go away. No, no one's going to be like, oh, well, now that we've got these blacked out transcripts, we all feel better and we'll just forget everything. Like, Exactly, no, it's so stupid. Not at all. And Jaworski saw right through it, obviously. He's, he's a, a smart he's guy. He's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. He, uh, he sued Nixon to release the tapes, and this... Mm-hmm began oh. Nixon versus the United yeah. States. Yeah, okay, cool. Is it... Do you put the the uh, defendant... There are actually two, and I'm forgetting that. There's a, a court... There are two court cases. There's U.S. v. Nixon, and there's Nixon v. U.S., and they're two totally separate things. Yeah, I, I thought I, I had come across both, so I wasn't sure how to say it. I forget which is one. Is there, like, a standard where, like, the defendant's name comes second or anything like the that? The plaintiff comes first, but sometimes it gets confusing when there are appeals... Um, because mm. it switches, you know. Okay. Well, we'll call this U.S. v. Nixon. Let's do it. Anyhow. Hopefully that's the one. These proceedings take place over the next couple of months until July 1974, when the Supreme Court rules unanimously mm-hmm. against Nixon and is like, buddy, we need those tapes. Yeah. It was U.S. v. Nixon. And, I, and that is a really big deal. Um, it, it was more common earlier in history but nowadays it's it's unfortunately kind of uncommon to have a unanimous deci- decision from the Supreme Court um, but things like that that are su- that are just huge deals um, it's really cool because because you often will get a unanimous decision because they want to be a united front that makes sense in the court uh, in the hearings he tried to claim that he had Executive privilege, a total executive privilege, yeah. and then well, he yeah, he tried to claim, he does have executive privilege, but he tried to argue that executive privilege meant that he didn't have to comply with the subpoena, and the Supreme Court essentially said, when it's a criminal case, yes, you do. 
Yeah, and there was a pretty famous quote, I guess, in the courtroom. I don't know if it came from the judge or if it came from the prosecutors, whoever. But And I don't have the quote in front of me, so this will be anticlimactic. But it was something <laughs> like, Mr. President, like, you and, like, you nor anyone else is above the law. Something, mm-hmm. like, to that mm-hmm. regard where he, to, to that effect where it was, like, a very powerful statement. And yeah. that was kind of the nail in the coffin, as it were. Mm-hmm. So later that month, July, the House Judiciary Committee... They put forward three charges or three, uh, sorry, articles of impeachment mm. that were obstruction of justice, misuse of power, and failure to comply with a subpoena. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, looking back on this, it seems pretty clear that he was. Yeah, it's like check, check, and check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, ultimately, on August eighth, nineteen seventy four, Richard Nixon realizes that. There's no coming back from this. Yeah, you know he's, he's not. Lose. He's not going to come clean. He's not going to win this case. He's he's just got his back against the rope, and he knows that yeah. those tapes are going to do him in if they ever come out. And the longer that he doesn't put them out, the guiltier and guiltier he looks. Right. And for anyone who doesn't know, so when a president is impeached, which is what happened here when they put the articles of impeachment forward. Um, that's just basically means that president is put on trial and then the Senate gets to decide whether they were going to remove him or not. Um, and so that's essentially what Nixon was trying to avoid by resigning. He, he already was impeached, but, but you can be impeached and stay in office if they decide that they don't want to remove you. Um, but he didn't want to, he didn't want to get to that point. He didn't want to get to the point where he was going to be removed, and it, and the way things were going, it looked like that's what was going to happen. Yeah, he had effectively no case for himself. Well, he was just, like, guilty as heck, so... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> there was no lying his way out of this one. No. So on August 8th, 1974, he resigns, and he wrote a letter to the, I don't know, Secretary of State, I assume? The letter reads, Dear Mr. Secretary, I hereby resign the office of the Presidency of the United States. Sincerely, Richard Nixon. Wow. Such a, such a brief note. I know. It's pretty cool, though. They have like a... You can see the note itself online. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. This is crazy. So, like we said, when Spiro Agnew got thrown in the slammer for tax fraud... <laughs> I don't know if he actually went to jail, but when he got yeah. kicked out of his job of vice president mm-hmm. and... Uh, Gerald Ford yeah. was put into that position, yeah. unelected into yeah. that position. Then Nixon resigns, so Gerald Ford Gerald Ford's like becomes oh, shoot, the I'm president, president, and he's the first person to ever serve as the president and vice president unelected. Wow, you know, I don't think I knew that. It's a pretty cool fact. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, so Gerald the Ford United did... States must have been like, "Who the heck is this guy?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Really? Like, imagine if that happened right now. Who's third in line? I don't know. And even right now is a bad example because yeah. it seems like mo- most more people are way more politically tuned in than they ever were. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the day and age we live in, those people's names and faces are plastered all over the place. It's kind of right. hard to not know who they are. But how crazy is that? Well, just the fact that they're unelected, that's so counter to the foundation of our country. It's I know, really but crazy. it's, yeah, it's crazy. It, you're right. It is crazy how structured everything is but all it takes is oh this guy gets in trouble then this guy resigns and now this you know kind of random person is the president and it's not like oh he's the interim president and we're gonna hold the new election it's like no he just finishes the term yeah i know i didn't know that either i thought that was really cool that is fascinating 
he turns out to be a pretty cool guy, I think. Who, Gerald Ford? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He becomes president in August, Mm -hmm. and the very next month, he, on September 8th, a month after Nixon resigns, Mm -hmm. he pardons Richard Nixon. Oh, and what his, a move. I know his, but his philosophy was like, let's just end this. Mm. This is this is no American focus should be put on this anymore. There's nothing further to gain. He resigned. He's mm-hmm. out. You won. Period. Yeah. Let's just put this behind us. And in a way, the criminal act he committed, I guess. Um, I mean, you know, it's a, it's always hard to say, but I guess him being him losing his job as president and really going down in flames and embarrassment for the rest of history is probably punishment that was deserved for the crime. Like, he didn't necessarily hurt anyone. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and like, hey, I'd say people should pay, you know, serve time for their crimes if that is what the justice system requires. But I can see where Ford's coming from. I agree. And to your point of he didn't hurt anybody... Let's say, because it's never been proven that he was in on this, it's never been proven that Nixon formulated or was even part of formulating this plan to send those guys there. Mm. It's proven that he knew it happened after the fact, Mm -hmm. but it's not proven that he sent them there personally. Except for the fact that, like, he totally did. Okay, but let's assume assume that he did. Mm -hmm. They didn't win. Right. They got caught. Yes. They yeah. bugged the guy's phone, sure. Like, I don't know how fruitful that was. They didn't return with any secret files. Right. They didn't, you know, on its surface, and I think history would have told us by now, they didn't find anything in that break-in of their office mm-hmm. that was, like, turned the election and that's why they yeah. won. It seems yeah. like they were probably on course to win anyway. So they... He was just too paranoid. Let's just say they gained nothing from this break-in, which is very possible, and, in fact, they probably lost a bit from it because of the negative press coming out with mm-hmm. the Washington Post thing. And, Even you know, the whole scandal happening in the first place back in June of the election mm-hmm. year, you know, that's that's never going to help a candidate when something like that happens, no matter how good of a path they're on. So let's right. just assume that they gained nothing from this. It's like, like you said, who got hurt in this? No mm-hmm. one really. So it's good that... I think it's, you know, I like how this played out. I mm-hmm. like that he resigned, and then I like that Gerald Ford pardoned him. Yeah. And Gerald Ford got a lot of criticism for that when it happened. But I could see today, that. Yeah. it's kind of like both sides agree. You know, this is so far in the past now. Mm-hmm. But today, both sides agree that, like, yeah, that was a good idea. Like, yeah. that was a that was a pretty cool move. That mm-hmm. was that was smart of him to just yeah, end all of that. It was probably good for the country at the time, like you said, just to put it to rest, let's move on, let's not go through some lengthy process of how are we going to sentence this guy. Yeah. Um, just kind of put it behind us and move forward under our new president, Ford. <laughs> yeah, he probably loved it, and he's like, all eyes on me, baby. Yeah, he's like, wow. Onward and upward. <laughs> Look at my life in the past <laughs> few years. Who would have seen this coming? Yeah. I, I, like I said, though, Nixon definitely was involved in the cover-up because days, yeah. just at, like three or four days after the break-in, there are those Oval Office tapes of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's on those tapes. You can hear him talking about – well, I, I shouldn't say you can hear him. I don't know if you can go listen to these tapes. But reportedly on these tapes, he's saying things like, let's get the CIA to block the FBI from investigating. He's on these tapes talking about – 
we we can get the million dollars to keep Hunt quiet. Like that's yeah. not a problem. Like we can find that million. So whether or not he was the pe- he was like he was the whether guy or not he knew said, that that was happening on that yeah. day when they broke into the DNC. Up to you to decide. Right. But he definitely, as of a week after it, was involved in kind of sweeping this under the rug. Yeah. And trying and to, you know, make it go away. conspiracies go, that's all you need. Exactly. Like, that you're as guilty as anyone. Exactly. Um, and also, yeah, that's just bad. That's just bad news, you know? Yeah, that's I agree. bad news. Also, how ironic that, uh, did they, did you, in your research, you come across at any point why there was a recorder in the Oval Office? No, I didn't see why it was put there, but I'm kind I don't know. of speculating, can... but I'm pretty sure it's just Richard Nixon being really paranoid. And like that's not a normal thing to have a, a recorder in the Oval Office all the time. I don't know. I I guess I don't know enough about it to know whether or not it's normal. I mean, it I guess it's not normal in that it wasn't there before he put it there, yes. but I'm just putting myself in the position of being the president and I'm thinking, okay, if I have nothing to hide, and this is not an invite well, to bug my home, but <laughs> you know, if I have nothing to hide and this is at my workplace, it's not at my bedroom. It's yeah. not in my, my, it's yes, you live there, but like, it's not in your house. It's in your office at work. Essentially. It's like, I don't know. Sure. If that's, no, if, I agree what? with you, but notice you started with, if I have nothing to hide. This dude had everything to hide. That's the problem. Like, the reason why in all this incriminating information from his very mouth was recorded was because of him. It was his choice to put it there. I agree it evolved into that, but I, I guess know, I'm saying I'm sure at the start when you have the idea to put it in there, right. you must be coming from a place of not anticipating very incriminating stuff being said on those recordings. Right. But once you start doing incriminating stuff, don't you go, hmm, maybe I should turn that oh, recorder yeah. You're an off. idiot for that, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. I agree with My you. My point is, like, just how ironic it is. And I totally agree. Yeah. Sorry, I missed your point. What a crazy dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's uh, Watergate. Uh, one other thing. You might be wondering, how did these guys break into the I was. The and also, how they get caught. Well, tell me how they broke in. Okay, first. I didn't focus a ton on the event itself. I asked However, how they got caught because I think I remember from I think it's even depicted in a movie. I forget. I th- there's a few Nixon probably. movies, and I forget which one it is. But I'm pretty sure, and I might be totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure someone just saw them through the window and called. I don't know if they just called the hotel desk or called nine one one and said, "There's a bunch of dudes with flashlights looking around. Like they look like they're they're." They're, they broke in and are stealing things. And that's how they got caught. More or less. Not quite as simple as you just put it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, these guys were in there. They, you know, they're in the hotel because I assume anyone can get in the hotel. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they got access to these rooms. But what they did was tape over the locks. The, oh. Sorry, tape over the latches on the doors so that when the door closed, a door that would automatically be locked when it closed, uh-huh. they could just push right, right open. So uh-huh. I'm not exactly sure how they got to the point where they were at these open doors that right. they had the chance yeah. to tape them. Tape them. But what um, a simple mechanism. Very simple. So apparently one of the security guards working at the hotel noticed that some of these doors were taped. And he kind of didn't think anything of it and just tore the tape off and threw it away. And then he's doing his rounds again and noticed that they were re-taped over. And the burglars all had radio communication going between them. And it was later found at one of their offices. They had little chapstick tubes that were like mini microphones, mini... Oh, Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, 
so they're going around and one of the guys is radioing to someone else one of the burglars and so oh sorry one of the security guards was like hey there's someone like do we there's people on the you know 26th Mm. floor or whatever what's going on there and someone's like oh yeah they're not supposed to be anyone up there so so between that and seeing the tape on the door the security was like all right i'm just calling the cops and then the burglars the cops that showed up sorry going back a second the cops that showed up were plainclothes cops they were Mm. you know Mm -hmm. just like that's who arrived was like the closest cops are like these undercover cops they show up in an unmarked car and they're actually kind of um in disguise what do you call it not what is a cop not in disguise but um just plain clothes no there's another word undercover is it undercover yeah i guess undercover but they weren't investigating anything you know Mm -hmm. plain clothes cops i guess yeah say they were dressed up as hippies (laughs) so oh they probably were undercover doing something (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess you're right one of the burglars radios to one of the watchmen and he's like hey like is there are some of our guys dressed as hippies? And they were like, no. And they're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> so then the cops came in and arrested them on site. And then what? the two so other guys. A bunch of hippies arrested the Watergate break-in? Yeah, I think it was three police officers. And nice. then the other two guys who were the, the people on watch, they went away. One of them was Jay Gordon, G. Gordon Liddy. Mm-hmm. And the other guy was, I think, Hunt. Okay. Um, They, they went, oh, you know, they lead but then were arrested like the next day (laughs) or you know very shortly thereafter cool yeah yeah so how do you feel now that you know what watergate is i think this was a a great suggestion for topic thank you jules thank you jules and b i feel a lot better now that i know what it is although i'm a little let down now that i know what it is i'm like why why are we why does this come up all the time i get the whole like putting gate on the end of everything which i think is super lazy and stupid and overplayed but even besides that, I'm having researched this now. I'm amazed that it comes up as often as it does. I think it's not so much, and I might be paraphrasing someone who said this, and it's like really famous and smart. But I'm just gonna say, it like I'm saying it. I think it's not the crime; it's the cover up here. It it was obviously is bad move, bad idea, illegal. Don't break into your opponent's camp and try and get dirt on them. Bad call. Yeah, but that maybe I don't know maybe even could have gone down differently afterwards if he hadn't reacted in the way he did and covered up so hard and fired all those people and just dug his heels in the ground as hard as he possibly could basically until the last second when it was inevitable he was going to be thrown out of office so he decided I'm not going to let them throw me out I'm going to throw myself out um but that and also that's a huge deal yeah. i mean as we know from recent events only three presidents in history have been impeached um this is a small number for uh, 45 presidents that we've had that's true so it's yeah just when you put really it that way that is pretty crazy and and honestly the what i kept thinking as you were going through it is you know not to get too into today's stuff but like how numb we are to things like this nowadays like maybe that's this, why this doesn't yeah. like strike me as being so i don't know earth shattering which i totally Truly. get that it is i'm not downplaying the event that happened in the 70s when it happened but yeah maybe that is why i read this and i'm like okay i get it now but why is this such a big deal still I because know. it's 
Yeah, we we have the reverberations come... are happening in today's politics. Yeah, exactly, and and what we have come to accept as quote unquote normal, or at least as something that just kind of goes in one ear and out the other at this point, is a very different standard than it was back in that. Yeah, time. yeah, that's. Yeah. You're right. That's what I was Which some might trying argue to say, as, but didn't as, say as effectively what you just said. Is yeah, the perfect way. And to I sum don't it up. think that's um, necessarily a good thing. You know, we should we should be vigilant and we should care about what's going on among our politicians, um, and we shouldn't accept bad behavior like this. And I think it's cool that in the '70s people didn't. Yeah, and people didn't stick by Nixon when they realized that he was a sinking ship, and not only he was a sinking ship. He was a bad was guy wrong. who did yeah. bad things. Wrong, not in not not just he was lying, but he was wrong in that he did something wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, that they they said, nope, we're not on board with this guy anymore. We're out. Yep, it's admirable. Yeah, it's cool, right? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did a really great job. Thank it you. was interesting, um, and and I think you got us there. Yeah. Well, and so did Jules. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I feel like we all learned something. We all I learned sure a lot. did. I learned everything. Yeah. Everything that I just said, I just learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and look how much you can get out of 30 minutes. Yeah, that's so true. So next time there's something bugging you that you're like, hmm, people keep talking about this thing. I don't know what it is. Just set aside 30 minutes and you can learn everything about it. And I do need to say thank you to History Teacher on YouTube. That There was a great video by him uh it was like really? a seven minute video that that's so cool was a, i feel like he said in seven minutes what we just talked about for 40 minutes so awesome. yeah that's a great video if you oh, want to i'll have to solidify these facts in your brain uh history teacher on youtube that's very cool we'll put a we'll we'll put a link perfect yeah okay Catherine. all right zachary i'm gonna go play golf okay have fun all right bye bye Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at 30 Minute Expert Podcast, where you can see cool photos of all the things we talked about today. And send us suggestions for future episodes. Also, if you're a real-life expert on one of the topics we covered, write to us and let us know what we missed. You can email us at 30MinuteExpertPodcast, that's 30MinuteExpertPodcast at gmail.com. If it's something especially interesting, maybe we'll read it on the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. And if you're really enjoying it, write a review. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye.